It takes a willingness to be uncomfortable. It takes a willingness to to always be intentional. It's almost it's it sounds paradoxically selfish, but you always have to look and say, how am I learning and how am I growing from this? Like that's the okay. Like to focus yeah. on yourself when you say, okay, what do I learn from this? How do I want to improve myself as a result of whatever experience I'm going through? What will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast-paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind Innovation. I'm your host, Santa Vending. I'm always excited to learn. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about leadership and people development. I want to welcome Jerry Fu. Jerry is a pharmacist and a leadership coach. He works with Asian American professional on the career and life journeys. He focuses on resolving clients' conflict at work, in culture, and within themselves. He's the founder of Conflict Resolution Coach for Asian American Leaders. So welcome, Jerry. I'm, I'm excited to have you on today. Hey, yeah. Thanks, Anna. So excited for our conversation. Yeah. So, okay. So I want to ask, you know, this has been burning, right? What got mm. you into coaching? Man, yeah. Um, the long journey is that, you know, I, I went through some really rough career struggles after I decided to challenge myself. Basically, what happened was the main thing was that I got fired from the job of Houston for. I was previously at a chain pharmacy job at the behest of my, you know, very loving and risk-averse mother who said, hey, you know, um, I don't want you to struggle the same way your dad did as an immigrant trying to find work. He had two master's yeah. degrees, you know, and he still struggled to find consistent work. And so she's like, Hey, um, I believe this company is the best solution for that. Just don't even let yourself risk, you know, the struggles and stress that he went through. And, you know, my mom had never worked a day or life in a pharmacy, but, you know, mom's no best, right? So <laughs> and at that point, my own conflict aversion, I just said, oh, you know, okay, she's really insistent on this. I don't have the energy to fight her. I'm just going to give in. And, you know, clearly I regretted my choice initially. And then in the middle of it, um, actually kind of got complacent because I was actually at a, at a store that, um, had flexible hours. I was able to take a lot of vacation without seeing vacation time. And so I got comfortable and I was like, okay, I don't want to leave this. Like, you know, this yeah. is actually really cool. And then once that went away, when I transferred to another store, then, you know, I, I, I realized it's like, no, I have to, I have to break out of this and, and not let the benefits and the, you know, insurance and things like be yeah. like the, the idol that I would, you know, submit everything else in my life to. Right. Uh, but I didn't, work on my career. So trying to find a teaching job that I wanted was very hard because I wasn't working my career at all to actually build out, you know, more opportunities for myself. And so the next best thing was to leverage my pharmacy connections. And so it turns out a friend who worked for a pharmacy consulting company uh, here in Houston uh, said, Hey, my, my previous teaching position is available since I got promoted. Do you want to apply for it? And I said, absolutely. So yeah, imagine my mom, yeah. My dad being like, why are you walking away from full-time benefits to this company we've never heard of? And you don't, you're, you're part-time and you have yeah. to earn your way up. Like, what are you doing? And uh, I just said, well, you know, it, it didn't matter that I earned a third week of vacation at this chain pharmacy, because if the other 49, you know, still suck, I'm just like, yeah. no, I, I need a job that I actually look forward to working. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So initially I was all excited and, um, you know, got fired 11 months later. 
And that, and I'm, I promise that we're getting to the end of the actual <laughs> coaching, but just to say, Hey, so I got fired, right. Yeah. Uh, wake up call, you know, really tough because, you know, what do I tell my friends, what do I tell myself? You know, I, I let this opportunity basically slip. I mean, it was my, it was my fault. Right. Yeah. And, um, Next was that I end up at a, at a really shady pharmacy job where four of my t- paychecks bounced filling for crooked doctors. And, you know, how do you confront a boss who's clearly ripping you off? Right. Yeah. And so after nine months of, of terrible, <laughs> you know, seasons trying to chase down paychecks and, you know, filling more crooked scripts in order to make up for the paychecks that he couldn't, you know, write me. Um, I, my friends got me out of that job, got me on with a more legitimate company yeah. that couldn't pay me more than eight hours a week. And so I said, well, what do I do? And they said, if you work for us out in Austin, you can get more hours, which is about two and a half hours away from Houston. And, you know, people are telling me you could end up in worse cities. But I, at this point, Houston was home and I was like, it's not home. And and I have no idea what my life is going to look like. So that summer, this was 10 years ago now, that summer was key because some of my friends who run a pharmacy leadership nonprofit uh, said, hey, one of our facilitators backed out. And uh, we know you've been facilitating leadership or workshops on the fraternity side, but we need help with the leadership side. Are you willing to step in? And I said, absolutely, because I love these people so much and I love what they were doing. And so teaching leadership, right, um, did something and kind of shifted my thinking about, you know, leadership a little bit and also seeing it modeled for me. And I said, you know, why did Michael, my friend that I, you know, paired up with, how did he motivate me so well? How did he? you know, inspire me to work hard and come through for him and support me. Like, how did, how do I do that for other people? Like the way Michael did for me. And so when a full-time manager position opened up in Houston uh, later that year, I said, yeah, you know, I love my Austin team, but I know I, I want to take on these challenges. I need to, I'm ready to come home. So, you know, I, I come home and I'm all excited and I think, oh, finally I can exhale. And then the following year, I proceed to get written up because my technicians are not pulling their weight and I am not writing them up or disciplining them or firing them. And so management said, Hey, yeah, their behavior is a problem. And your passivity is still a problem because it's still very conflict diverse. Right. Yeah. And so, um, right as I got out of my probation period, the company had its funding pulled. And so I was like, well, you know, I was going to leave anyway. And the only reason I even got an interview, um, was that now I had leadership experience in my resume. So I said, yeah. wow, you know, leadership saved my career, right? Yeah. And um, the nice thing was that now I have more job options, but these are like icebergs, right? Because they they melt after one or two years because the business models for the smaller companies that offer a higher quality of life don't hold up well against, you know, bigger yeah. companies like the chain that I used to work for. And so after my previous employer went under about five years ago, I said, well, you know, I'm tired of fighting insurance companies. I'm tired of chasing scripts from doctors, but I love people development. Yeah. Right. Which I'd consistently done since I started 10 years ago. And I said, what if I tried to make a career to provide the kind of training I wish I had had in order yeah. to be more effective as a leader and take on life's challenges and things like that? So that was my first foray to, to tell people, yeah, I'm a coach, but you know, how do I start a company? Yeah. I don't know how to do that. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm a coach. Like, what's your website? Oh, you know, this free yeah. WordPress website is just completely amateurish because, you know, I had no idea how to start a company or get build a brand, anything like that. Right. And so this went on for a couple of years as like this unofficial hobby. I knew I was good at it, uh, yeah. at facilitating, but to actually market myself and you yeah. know, like 
charge what I think I'm worth and getting over those mental, you know, uh, roadblocks and things. Uh, but all that to say, yeah, um, it took a pandemic for me to actually finally, uh, you know, realize how much longer I'm actually going to, you know, put this off and put this dream into motion and and to actually become it. Yeah. So right around the time, what's funny is I decided to go through an ICF training program, uh, right as the pandemic ramped up. And so that was the real, I think, catalyst to say, oh, wow. Yeah. Let me learn from other coaches that are doing what I want to do. And okay, well, this is how you file the LLC and get the bank account open and get the website up and, oh, okay. All right. So yeah, that's the foray into coaching just to take them, take the long journey. (laughs) But, but but that gives so much more experience, right? Sounds like a roller coaster, right? As well. Mm -hmm. And with your family as well, because in friends and what do you do and feelings and all that. So what does it take right now to be a modern leader? Because I'm sure you're, you're coaching to, to modern leaders. What, what does it take? Yeah. Um, it takes a willingness to be uncomfortable. It takes a willingness to, to always be intentional it's almost, it's, it sounds paradoxically selfish, but you always have to look and say, how am I learning and how am I growing from this? Like, that's okay. Like to focus on yourself when you say, okay, what do I learn from this? How do I want to improve myself as a result of whatever experience I'm going through? Right. Yeah. Um, And to realize, yeah, to have that growth mindset first is to be open to that. Cause that's what did it for me. Right. Because before I used to say, oh, leadership is hard. I don't have that. I could never be a good leader. But then once I saw a model for me and, and I started teaching the material, I said, well, what if I could be a good leader? You know, who's telling yeah. me that I can't be a good leader? Because if I let other people's opinions of me say, no, Jerry can't be a good leader. And I say, well, you know what? I don't have the track record. I guess they're right. Yeah. Wow. Like now I'm telling myself that I can't be a good leader, but that's the problem. Right. Yeah. Um, so to I think, yeah, number one, be willing to, to grow. And then number two, uh, be willing to listen. Uh, yeah. because I think listening actively and uh, presently is what helps a lot of leaders really build relationships well. Yeah. How So we, if you look in the industry or just in companies, right, you say, oh, let's go to this workshop, right, and this is more the traditional way, and then when you come back, right, then you know so much more. But it's, it's also being in it, right, and, and actually have the experience of a bad day or have the experience of, of, of a difficult conversation that you need to have or you just did have. Um, so how, how has this, when you're looking into it, how has that changed? Because I'm hoping that more companies are seeing, right, how important it is that you need to have people development and leadership skills and leadership development. Um, are they more open to say, hey, we need to hire a coach instead of saying, hey, go to, you know, go to this workshop? Yeah, that's a that's a tough question, right? Because um, yeah, if if people are struggling with becoming good leaders, it's not for a lack of information. No, right? like yeah. you can yeah. just you can Google it, right? Anytime, yeah. ten ways to become a better leader, yeah. and then yeah. here, read this, do this homework, and yeah. then come back and like pass this quiz. And I guess yeah, you must know what you're talking about, right? Your diploma, yeah, exactly, no. <laughs> yeah, and that's all it takes. <laughs> um, I think yeah, just providing people a safe space to fail. Right, yeah. I think would help because I know a lot of companies, right? Because I see this very risk averse nature for companies that say, oh, you know, you failed at this. Okay, we got to cut back and keep that failure from affecting like our reputation with our yeah. clients, right? Our reputation with potential employees because that's what happened to me, you know, in this consulting business, I would make mistakes and then they would, you know, my 
uh, you know, either my boss would say, oh, no, we can't, we can't show incompetence, right? We can't yeah. let them know, oh, we're developing people right now because then they, that feels like they're getting less than what their money's worth is supposed to get them with like a, a seasoned professional. So yeah. um, to kind of like cover those mistakes, but not allow people to grow, like you're kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're fulfilling your own problem, right? Be- and yeah. you're perpetuating your own problem. And so, yeah, I think to have a coach, it's to be able to help people process things instead of just letting them take information and like hoping that they apply it properly. Right. I think that's what coaching, that's what coaching does for me. And that's what I do for other people. Right. It's not just, um, yeah, take this information and you're done. It is okay. Well, now that you've kind of like, um, added to your toolbox, how do you want to use these tools in a very intentional way? And let's give you a safe environment to kind of experiment with them so that when you actually have high stakes situations, you know, exactly how to use them in a way that's going to, you know, get the results or the transformation that you're looking for. Yeah. How how do we prepare for these difficult conversations? So my experience that sometimes you're like thrown in, in in these Mm -hmm. difficult conversation where you're like, Oh, right. I was not ready. Uh And then the day after I was ready. I'm because I'm reflecting, (laughs) then I'm like, Oh, I should have said that, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is it. But it was just like, you felt, I felt it was like an attack. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, you're like defense, defense, defense. right? (laughs) So how do you, (laughs) how will you coach me? No. How do you you coach for this? conflict because there is the one that's like the pop-up right like he's now yeah. spinning and then there's the one where you can be more prepared mm-hmm. no those are those are very that's that's a very good distinction to make and so yeah let's 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 talk through both of them just so yeah. that people yeah. really have something useful so um let's okay so let's start with the pop-up like, yeah. like the sudden death <laughs> moment you're just like yeah. oh this came at a weird angle at a weird time um <laughs> so let's give an example so for instance um the the Monday after Easter, my team was not happy with me <laughs> because because Good Friday, um, it was we they worked a short day. I was off, and um, there were some situations I had dealt with personally that I had not clued in my team on that I was working on. And by the time they found out, um, it took away time from the work that they should have been able to work on their own tasks. Yeah, and there were a lot of things that I had taken care of in my head, but I had not communicated successfully to the team. And so on Monday, they were like, Jerry, you really let us down. And I'm just like, oh, like, I don't want to admit that I messed up in the way that they said. And I think this is unfair. And I think some of their, and so anytime, what I'm getting to is that anytime you have a situation that just hits you at a weird angle, or, you know, it just comes up abruptly, uh, the first is first step I would tell people is just to buy yourself time, right? Just yeah. slow down in that moment and say, okay, yeah. um, take, take a pause, right. And say, okay, Hey, what's really going on. Okay. Yeah. And like, what do you need me to know? Um, and okay. What do you want me to do differently? Right. Yeah. Okay, so in this situation, right. I didn't fight anything. They said, even as a, as a even in my mind, I just, just kind of like, Oh, like, I don't like this. Yeah, I just got a piece of paper and I got a pen. I said, okay, tell me everything that I should have done differently. So you listened, right? Yeah. That's yeah, the, and yeah. yeah. So listen and also listen with a learning, you know, a, yeah. a servant, like a attitude, right? Just to say, okay, this is my opportunity to learn. This is my opportunity to serve. Yeah. Let me write everything down, no matter how hard it is. I know this will improve me as the leader, right? Like, yeah. remember, this is for my benefit. And yeah. so- 
when you're able to slow down, buy yourself time, listen actively, and and then just say, hey, you know, can I, can I, uh, would you be willing to let me have a day to kind of process all this and come back yeah. with a plan to make sure that things like this don't happen again? And, you know, they may say, no, I, I should have something by the end of the day or something in the next couple hours, right? And give them, give them time to get, allow yeah. them to negotiate like your yeah. timetable, but be willing to anchor that timetable because you know, if you know you're realistically going to need a day, like yeah. go ahead and ask for that day to say, Hey, this is the, this is what allows me to give you the best answer I can give you. Yeah. Right. And yeah, don't let them dictate the timetable. Like if, yeah. at least if we're going to negotiate one, put your preferred timetable on the table first. Right? first. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that's the, that's the pop-ups. That's the pop-up. <laughs> no, let's uh, hopefully that's hopefully people like that <laughs> we've mentioned there. Uh, the, so the other is preparing yeah. for the, a tough conversation. So, you know, the example I'll share is just when I had to write up one of my technicians at, at my job, right. And the situation was, this is that um, very sweet, you know, technician, but just not very focused, right? Like yeah. she shows up late, like 30 minutes plus, she takes another 15 to get her coffee and she's lollygagging and laughing and talking with all the yeah. other technicians. And it's like, okay, first you show up late and now like we're not even paying you to work. Like you're using yeah. that time just to kind of, eh, and so, you know, the first failure was we tried to have a team meeting, right? Where we're talking to everybody, but yeah. we're really trying to make sure we get through the herd. Like we're trying to like strategically carpet bomb this area and make sure it's like, okay, let's, let's, this is good for everybody, but especially for her. Yeah, right. For her, yeah. And so we'll call her Emily. So, you know, Emily, you know, we have this meeting and Emily's like, Oh, you know, I, I should, uh, I, sh- I need to come on time. I need to show up earlier. And it's like, Oh, thank goodness. Right. We thought that would be enough. And then she proceeds to show up for the next late for the next five days. And we're just kind of like, okay, now like we've taught, we've talked enough with her and we're going to have to do something to get her attention to say, Hey, like, and so, you. you know, first, the first write up, you know, strike one, it's nothing fatal. Yeah. It's just, Hey, like, just know that like, this is unacceptable and this yeah. is what do to get your attention. So yeah, we pull her aside, me and my other pharmacist and just like, Hey, we're not happy. You yeah. know, with with your effort because we have a meeting you know we've talked to you several times about the importance of punctuality and why it's important and what it like we're not even being unclear about what it means to be punctual punctual is hey clock in within five minutes of opening right like we've yeah. been very clear in our expectations and then you know we're like we're gonna have to write you up because these conversations clearly aren't getting all the conversations leading up to this aren't getting the results that we believe are appropriate. And then, then she starts going into excuses. Well, it's like, Hey, can't you just let me stay later? You know, can't yeah. like it's Houston traffic is terrible. And, you know, I have all those other unfair things in my <laughs> personal life. And so I basically, you know, position myself as a guide and say, okay, Hey, look, from where I, from where I stand, you basically have three options, right? Yeah. Try, try to make sure that she understands she has a choice and now she wants to handle her own situation yeah. instead yeah. of just saying that she's helpless. Um, you know, cause we told her, we're like, why are we paying you the same money we're paying them? And like, get, like allowing you to work with at lower expectations and lower yeah. expectations for you. Right. So I said, okay, you know, as far as I can tell you, you have three options. Number one, move closer. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like traffic's a problem. Okay. Find an apartment closer to yeah. where, where we're number two, leave earlier. Right. Just yeah. think of the worst possible traffic situation Yeah, and just plan for that. Right. And then, or number three, find a job closer to where you live. Like, yeah, now, right. And so, you know, we ended the conversation with, uh, 
you know, just some reassurance to say, hey, you know, we want you here. We like having you here. And in order for you to stay here, this is what we need from you, right? I, yeah. I'm not actually not a fan of the sandwich method because like when people hear a compliment, right? We're like, oh, we appreciate you. And then they're like, but, and you're like, don't do that. Okay. Yeah. So basically to kind of overlay the framework that I usually coach my clients through over this example, right? When you have the opportunity to prepare for a tough conversation, imagine like there's five steps that I tell people. Number one, imagine what a successful conversation would sound like, right? For some, uh, success is restoring the relationship to 100%. Yeah. For others, you have to compromise and say, okay, yeah, you know, we're just, this is where we're going to, we're going to have to meet each other halfway here and then just stop. And then others is just to say, hey, look, this isn't going to work and we're going to, we're, we're both going to have to move on. So, yeah. we're, you know, imagine that, allow for that possibility because the sooner you allow for the possibility to say, hey, you know what, maybe this conversation could actually go well, uh, you're more likely to do it, right? Because if you just say, oh, like, I don't know how this is going to go, I just got to get in there and do it, right? You, yeah. you have nothing you're heading toward. So, yeah. Um, step two. Uh, set, um, set things in motion with 10 seconds of courage, right? Tell people, you know, find 10 seconds of courage to pick up that phone, send that email, send that text yeah. and say, okay, because if you take longer than 10 seconds, you're going to start to rationalize, like I'm conflict averse, right? So I know how to do this, right? You start to rationalize, oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like them being upset with me. You're just like, no, set the boulder in motion, lock the gate behind you. And yeah. then now you have to move yourself forward, right? Yeah. Because if anything less than that is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, step three is to script your critical phrases or moves. And you say, okay, you know, how is Emily going to push back against my things? Let me go ahead and organize my thoughts on paper. Don't let them rattle around up here, put them on yeah. paper and say, okay, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's figure out. I, I need to mention these things. Here's how she's going to respond. And here's the, the counter to the counter, right. That I need to be you know, ready for or yeah. ready to say. Uh, step four is to rehearse those critical moves, right? To say, okay, you know, as we talked about training the dojo before you fight on the street, get some reps in, you know, role play with some friends, you know, yeah. check yourself in the mirror or record yourself. Hey, how's my body language? How's my tone? Yeah. And then step five, do it because the cost of inaction is always going to be greater than the cost of trying and failing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so from there, right, once you've tried and failed, now you have an example to study from, and now you can actually study that and evaluate that and say, okay, how can I, change my approach to something more effective, right? Because you can't evaluate like your effort if you don't have any effort to evaluate. So at the very yeah. least, you know, yeah. Set things in motion Great. and I learn agree. from it. Yeah. yeah. And and you also learn so much from the real, the real life, right? On yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the best way to learn, right? It yeah, is, yeah. yeah. You can teach, again, you can teach leadership, but at the end of the day, there's only so much you can talk about driving or you can let them get behind the wheel and then, yeah. you know, let them learn insights for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Let them free. No. Um, so what did she decide? I'm curious. On what? Uh, For Emily. Emily. No, I mean, we wrote her up. <laughs> you know? okay. yeah. yeah, we wrote her up and we just said, okay, no, we, we kept her around because, yeah, yeah. like it's, that was just strike one. There, then, strike and one. then, yeah, eventually. Yeah, and to not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but don't get me wrong. There's days where we're just kind of like, you know, finding quality people in a, in a post-COVID environment is hard. And yeah. you're always, as a business owner, you have to, or any kind of management position, you're going to have to you know, weigh the trade-off of saying, okay, is it always better for me? To, it's always better for me to try to continue to pour into the people that I already have yeah. versus go through the long and arduous process of, okay, I have to fire them. And then the team yeah. has to work short-staffed. Yeah. Um, and then we have to find somebody else and Train. interview yeah. and hope yeah. that somehow we get someone that's better than what yeah, so Emily uh, yeah. currently brings to the table. 
So yeah, yeah. right now we just, we're just surviving. I'll admit. <laughs> That's good. So you already touched it a little bit as well, you know, that you need the relationship, right? But how, how important is it to have a strong relationship with your boss? Oh, it's, it's paramount because not only, not only just for just your own survival and employment, but because there's a great book called start with your people. And he has a great chapter on why your relationship with your boss is so important aside from just any other relationships in your, you know, immediate circle, but your boss, right. Your boss is someone who can unlock doors for you, right. Your boss is someone who basically dictates whether or not you're going to stick around. So the more you do to take care of your boss, yeah, uh, the more likely you're going to have career success because if you make your boss look good and you meet his needs, you know, on you and you anticipate his challenges and you are very uh, mindful of his time by giving him regular status reports or making sure that you, you know, uh, meet his priorities and honor his priorities, right? Yeah. If your boss gets promoted, who's he going to take with him? Is he going to take someone who just barely did enough to kind of fly under the radar? Or is he going to go after the person that said, hey, this is a good yeah. teammate and I need to keep him with me? Yeah. No brainer. Um, what about so cross-functional teams, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you how do you foster? Because I think it's also important that you um that you coach cross-functional. So within so getting this curiosity, right? Getting the team to if it's brainstorming or or look problem solving, right, on their own. So they're not just mm-hmm. sitting where waiting for somebody to tell them how to do it. Um, is that is that the dynamic in the team? Is it is it the skills? Is it just how you are or how you actually get a, a good team together? How do you, how do you get this dynamic of a team? Oh, so many good questions. I'm just like chopping up a bit, right? So let's take an example, like to say, okay, we have sales and marketing on this side. Yeah. And then we have research and development on this side, right? Just two very separate yeah. personalities. Both skill sets are essential for a company's survival and success. And at the same time, there's quiet frustrations over here, right? Yeah. Saying, why don't they understand, you know, customer relationships? <laughs> and then this side says, why can't they understand our processes and what it takes? And, uh, you know, there's books like Humble Inquiry by Edgar Schein that I love, you know, yeah. so I'm talking about like a willingness to develop empathy for each other's teams, right? Yeah. And much like we talked about, we just need to, the simple answer is to immerse them, right? To say, okay, let's take someone from sales and marketing just shadow this person for a day, like in R and D, like yeah. have them ask questions, take notes, do not, you know, start like pointing out flaws and problem solving from like the sales and marketing perspective, just take notes, ask questions, or even just let them, Hey, cover this position in R and D for a day and see, yeah. and, and see how you like that experience. Right. And then same thing with R and D, take someone from R and D, put them on sales for a day and just say, okay, like we want you to either yeah try these job responsibilities or just shadow this person, take notes, do not like, again, point out flaws or things, you know, <laughs> just, and then, you know, have a group meeting, right. Yeah. And say, okay, guys, what were your insights and takeaways from spending time in each other's departments? Right. Yeah. And now that there's some middle ground and that there's some common language Right now they're on this area of now you can have conflict, but it's a productive conflict, right? Because yeah. now it's not about arguing who's right. It's about what is the best way to move 
our teams forward and to really build relationships well. And so, yeah, is conflict a problem? No. Uh, The question is, what kind of conflict is it? Yeah. Yeah. Also, when you you build relationships and also when we just talked about the boss, right? To have a bigger team, what I've seen, and maybe it's not as as easy to do, you know, pandemic, not pandemic, and Mm -hmm. where you are in remote work now, but to do something with the team, right, outside Mm -hmm. of work. Because mm-hmm. to build the relationships to say, hey, right, oh, this is how you live, or this is your family situation, or this is where you travel, but it just it builds so much more. Um, so, so how how do you coach right now, or, or to to say, hey, to build this extra dimension? I think if I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the word, but I, I will mm-hmm. use that. <laughs> how do you how do you how do you get there? Because that's like a secret to to get to understand each other more, right? Mm-hmm. To say somebody saying, hey, I need more time or I, I'm, mm-hmm. I need this, you know, just to understand each other um, because it is your second family. Your, your- yeah, yeah, well, it's, a, it's a great, great uh, challenge. And yeah, that extra layer or dimension that yeah. you talked about, right? Um, I'll say what not to do. Um, yeah. Don't just host a happy hour, right? <laughs> like no one yeah. wants to be around the boss when he's drunk and you have to laugh at his yeah. jokes because he's your boss, like- um, I'll give an example. So my company actually hosted like a boat party a couple of years ago for yeah. all the different pharmacy families in our area. And it was great because before some of the relationships between the pharmacy, the different pharmacies was kind of strained because we were frustrated that they were more responsive to our questions. And, you know, we, we, they thought, you know, they just don't understand like what we're, what we're dealing with and we can't, you know, respond to as quickly as they prefer us to. And so, when we got to meet people just without any kind of work obligations, things like yeah. that, that helped out immensely for us, right? Yeah. Just to say, hey, um, let's uh, basically the bigger answer is find a team building activity, not even a team building, find an activity where everyone is like on the same playing field. Like one of my favorite things to do is like go to an axe throwing range. Yeah. Because no one's good at that, right? Because this isn't a skill on anyone's resume. <laughs> so just everybody just go to an axe throwing range or like do painting together or something like that, where you know everyone has to get out of their comfort zone, yeah. right? It's not just like, hey, let's hang out in a casual setting and get some alcohol and maybe their truth will come out. Yeah. Let's do something where people like, yeah, can share an experience together and talk about it. And, and, but don't just pick an experience that, yes, I mean, a novel one helps, but one that's very pertinent to, you know, what your field is, right. Maybe, maybe there's something fun to do. Like, like, don't just, because like, it's like, even with like podcasts, right. If I just give an example, that's, uh, that's interesting, but it's not relevant. Right. That doesn't help people. Right. So um, in this case, yeah. Like an axe throwing thing, the purpose of that is just to help level the playing field. So I'm not just saying, yeah, that. So that's what I would say is just, Hey, pick something original, pick something that uh, ties into what they're doing um, and see how people respond to that. Because yeah, like when people are able to see that their bosses are human and they are, you know, they have flaws and, you know, like personality quirks, like the rest of them, that's a much better way to see your boss. Yeah. As opposed to being like, Oh yeah. You know, we just talk about our families and stuff like that. You know, there's, there's some, there's some good to that. And at the same time, I hope a lot of companies don't settle for that because, and this isn't to, you know, take away from my current bosses because they're very generous, right? But their idea of, you know, like employee appreciation is, hey, lunch on the company. Hey, let's just a happy hour. And it's like, you know, and I'll admit I haven't had the energy to do anything more emotional, more anything like creative or emotionally invested lately, but, you know, like my bosses are very results oriented. That's, that's what they're happy with. And that's fine. But 
for uh, for a lot of other people, right? Um, I think they need a, a little a little something more original. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and we're ready for it. No, yeah. um, if you have to look back now, and you had like a roller coaster of experience here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to give yourself an advice, uh, maybe mm-hmm. twenty years ago, what mm-hmm. should that be? Yeah, um, I would say. Um, I would tell myself, Hey, uh, failure is not fatal. And just, Hey, you know, like this, this event, this failure doesn't have to define you unless you let it. Right. Cause that's what I felt like it did. And I'll, to unpack that answer for a second. Right. Yeah. The first failure I faced was when I, I got to see an organic chemistry in college. Right. Like I was, you know, I had good grades academically in high school. I thought I would be you know, pre-med and then, you know, it was my own doing, right? I ultimately lacked the discipline to get the grades that I wanted. And even worse, though, was the fact that I felt like this obstacle was enough to keep me from going to med school. Yeah. Even though there's plenty of stories of people who got worse grades that dealt with a lot of difficult circumstances. I remember meeting a med student who didn't get accepted to med school until his third attempt, wow. right? Yeah. And so for me to say, nope, um, yeah, I guess I'm just not going to bother because I'm just too embarrassed to even try Um kind of a problem. Right. Uh, and so, you know, in hindsight, do I miss being a doctor? No, like I've, I've learned a lot about, uh, being a physician from other friends that realize yeah. it's just a different set of challenges. If you're, if you have a good enough purpose to be a doctor, do it, but yeah. ultimately yeah, that's the other, there's other things there, but the other is, yeah, just to, the other example as to why I would say this to myself and say, yeah, I had a, had a really, rough experience, romantic experience in college where, you know, I liked the girl, she didn't like me back. And then my best friend ended up at the time, ended up marrying her. Uh, and it was just yeah. like, Oh, and I thought to myself, when am I going to meet another girl? Like, you yeah. know, that's as great as she is. And it's like, I could just tell myself now, it's just like, your world is so small right now. Yeah. Like, like expand your world, you know? Yeah. So that would say, Hey, look, this is one experience, right? It's not fatal. Like watch what you tell yourself. Uh, you know, to watch, be careful about the story you tell yourself around the situation, because if I could tell them, if I could tell myself something differently now, right. Say, okay, Hey, yeah, the sea, it hurts. And like your, your, your life is far from over. Right. Yeah. And then same thing That's with so the girl. Much. It's like, yeah, your, yeah. your heart is broken and you know what, it might not seem like it now, but like, this is just one occurrence. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to define you unless you let it. So no. I would tell, that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. And, and it is when you're in it, right? It's always, mm-hmm. it's not as easy. Reflecting back is yeah. easier, right? And I, yeah. it's always, for me, I'm looking at stepping stones mm-hmm. and you always make a decision. And I had one where I was like, oh, I could have taken yes to this job or to the other job. And I took mm-hmm. this one and I think what would have happened, right? I don't know <laughs> yeah. because this is the path I took. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's stepping stones and decisions in, in your life, but it, mm-hmm. um, it gets you there. So if any of the, the listener wants to, to reach out to you, how can they con- connect with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, the best way is to check out the website, www.adaptingleaders.com. Uh, we have a free uh, guide you can download regarding the five-step framework uh, we talked about earlier in the conversation and then schedule a complimentary 30-minute call, see what coaching can do for you. Or check out the free blog where I summarize interesting and useful leadership books and share interesting resources like podcasts and other, um, you know, pre- best practices and such. So yeah, www.adaptingleaders.com. 
Awesome. And I'll put it in the show notes and I will also put it on the mindinnovation.com on the, on the website. So you can find it right there. Um, so thank you so much. I, I really like the, uh, the, the uh, talk about the conflict, the pop-up. Yeah. <laughs> also the fan good. one. No, yeah. but that, it's, it's, I think that will always be there in life, right? Mm-hmm. If, if it's the, the, you will have these kind of conflicts. So um, I mean, the listening, taking notes, and then actually be honest about the time it takes you to reflect. Because I know that. I need time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a really good learning for me. So thank you. Welcome. Happy to be here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Innovation Podcast. New episodes are dropping bi-weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Sana Linding. You can also find me on YouTube, search for Mind Innovation, or go to my website, sanavending.com or mindinnovation.com. Stay curious, keep learning. <laughs>